who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a whole lot of booze? You get us, Queen's Podcast. And here at Queen's, we are spilling the tea on all kinds of women from history. From New Orleans voodoo queen, Marie Laveau, to Marie Antoinette, and everything in between. Each queen is paired with a cocktail recipe that will totally get you in the mood to hear the fun, dramatic, and juicy stories of fascinating women from history. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers! Welcome, strangers, to the Lucky Die in Kino. In the lands of Kino, the Kino Initiative maintains order over chaos through their council, region lords, and various task forces. Technology is in its dangerous infancy. The Assembly rebels against authority, and orcs roam the land freely under the protection of the government. You would be forgiven for thinking that Kino is on the verge of falling apart. But that's tomorrow's problem. Because today we find Aron, Ivorist, and Grath about to receive orders for a new job. Should we worry? I guess you're about to find out. Welcome back. To the lucky die in Kino. open up on Shulmana. It's a large city by the sea with high stone towers and ancient, albeit converted temples, a city with a long and expansive history. It is even rumoured that the treaty itself was signed here before those damn elves and dwarves were sent packing. Shulmana uh, prides itself on always looking forward to the future. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. 
Provided you have old world money and connections, of course. That's how you make it here. There are ancient stone temples here, converted into orphanages, houses, schools, especially fashionable to do in the last decade or so. There are new buildings raised five stories high. There is the docks here themselves, which are old, carved in sea salt. You know, that kind of thing. But just outside of this is the mine. This mine is long abandoned, its resources exhausted, and once the Earth Dark inhabitants got restless with the depth that they were going to, they shut the down shut the damn thing down. That is until a certain goblin came along and decided that she wanted to make this for her lair. It then became the centre of operations for the task force that she runs to quash the rebellion called the Assembly, who are against the Kino Initiative, who look after and protect all of Kino. And it's at this mine that we find our three new companions. Who are our three new companions? Let's do a really quick recap of who you are and vague, very quick descriptions of what you look like. I'm mostly looking at you, Arch and Neil. <laughs> My appearance is very different. And Come on. A so slightly better description from Graf. Aethor didn't even say his race in his backstory. <laughs> he gave too little details. <laughs> and a slightly longer description from Aethor. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's start on the top of my screen. Let's go alphabetically. Let's go for a Ron. Uh... How fucking short do you want this to be? <laughs> be reasonable. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Well, I'm not going to go into uh, super full detail, but close enough. Uh, Aran is about 5'8", uh, kind of skinny, well-toned. Uh, he has white skin with streaks of black across his face and body in various places. Uh, his feral heritage gives him sharp-scaled ridges uh, instead of eyebrows. Uh, he has two horns coming from his forehead that curl backward along the top of his head, uh, that curl upward and then forward to a point, uh, slightly tapered ears. His right eye is a deep red, while his left eye is a deep yellow. Uh, just pure red and pure yellow. There's no, like, pupil or iris. Uh, he has a short pointy nose and small fangs that jut from his upper lip. Uh, he has wings that are bat-like in appearance, but a bit malformed. In current day, though, he has a, uh, Magitek harness that is attached to his chest that goes along the wings, uh, which essentially corrects them so that he can actually fly with them as long as they don't break. Uh, on top of that, he also has a Magitek arm. Uh, it's connected to his left shoulder uh, because he was born without his left arm. Um, he's got a leather... Uh, I don't want to call it like a vest trench coat, <laughs> but essentially that. No sleeves, but goes like all the way down. Uh, he has a uh, messenger bag, which also happens to be a bag of holding. And he has a gun. A really, really big gun. Wow. That is really short. That's as, <laughs> that is as short as I can make it because it's way longer. Oh, boy. Thank you for that. Uh, let's move on to Ivoris. 
Uh, so all I have to do is be shorter than that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> there was no way I could make that shorter. Okay. Oh, I'm, so I'm, I'm not number two. <laughs> <laughs> Tough act to follow. <laughs> You guys are assholes. <laughs> I quit. quit the podcast. Okay. I'm out. Okay. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Oh, man. <sighs> Ivaris is a tabaxi, kind of. So Ivaris wears uh, pretty well kept armor. Uh, he wears scale mail. It's kind of it. It's kind of like a vest more so than a full covering. Um, he likes his arms free so he can fight. That's kind of like his fighting style. Um, he doesn't like to really hide the fact that he's a Yanti. Uh, his arms and the back of his neck and such make it pretty apparent. Um, he doesn't hide it, but he does have like a cowl, a loose fitting, uh, kind of cloak, uh, to go over his head and it has long enough fabric to come around his arms if he needs to hide his shoulders. So he can sneak around, but he finds it preferable to not be caught sneaking around um trying to hide what he is uh probably safer just to you know be upfront about that um he has a small uh about torso sized i imagine i don't know a shield just a personal shield on his arm uh and a rapier uh that are both pretty elegantly crafted he always looks very nice and well kept and uh holds himself pretty highly always clean <laughs> always licking himself <laughs> no he can't no he, he has his tongue his tongue is uh, a snake's tongue so he can't even can't even do that mm, fucked that one right up didn't i <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh for continuity um, uh, this takes place six weeks before the apocalypse. Um, and the bit where Ivaris lost his eye happens three days before the apocalypse. So bear with. Uh, yeah, that hasn't happened yet. Yes, it hasn't happened yet. So in case some of you are like, what happened to his eye? Uh, it hasn't happened yet. All right. And finally, onto Gref. Uh, yeah, Gref. Uh, he is a very tall humanoid being. Uh, would it be called towering if not for the fact that he is a Goliath? He is actually quite short for a Goliath. He's got gray skin and tribal markings covering his head and uh, complete, is completely bald. He's wearing tattered clothes, obviously worn from months, months of travel. Uh, any metal that used to be, uh, used to be well, well kept is now starting to rust and snap. Uh, most of the latches and strings are frayed and torn. Uh, he carries with him two weapons, two swords, uh, one of them is obviously in disrepair, but still works and still bites, but it's showing like signs of rust on the blade itself. The other one, immaculate, uh, clearly uh, some kind of an artifact. Nice. Why were you shaking your head, Neil, uh, Arch? Because that's what? the first thing that we're fixing if we're going to have a team. Ain't no fucking teammate of mine walking around with a bunch of bullshit-ass rusty weapons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Iris looks very like... <laughs> 
Iris we have looks one end rich, of the scale basically. and the other end of the scale. <laughs> we have shiny out of the box and we have like, yeah, I've been around the block a bit. <laughs> okay. I make um, shit and you break shit. Iris is in like beige hey, clothes. Hey, teamwork. <laughs> Iris is basically teamwork. wearing white. <laughs> Bold choices. <laughs> Bold choice like in this game. white. You're gonna be red by the time this is all done, I imagine. Oh yeah, he has. He has. Trust me, he has a lot of clothes. And then it's gonna turn brown, and you're gonna look disgusting. Okay. I have. I have people that take care of this thing. Don't worry. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so we find our new companions, um, who are called the Kina Initiative Task Force Ten. And they are meeting up with their handler, who is the goblin lady who owns this mine. This goblin lady has big green eyes. Uh, she has rib bones in her waist length blue hair and a series of large earrings and like holes with stretches on it. Um, she's about three foot two. Uh, she wears a dark blue summer dress. I do that with inverted commas. Like, I don't really know what dresses are. So it's, uh, I assume it's pretty. Um, and it's buttoned up the front and she has like some, uh, you know, really big. Uh, black uh, high heels so that she gets another three inches on her. Um, she's normally about three foot five. Um, and she also wears a very dark red scarf, which uh, some of you would know um, allows her to make herself invisible at least once a day. Um, that's the thing she has to do the shifty sh- stuff that she does. Um, you guys are here in the mine. Um, unlike most goblin lashes, which she is... Um, the inside of this mine is fabulous. It's it's beautiful. Um, it's so wonderfully put together. She will not live in squalor. She lives in amazingness. Um, and she has made it such. She's made it very homely in here. Some of you may even spend your time here, sleep here. I know at least one of you has his workshop here. Um, she's made a little place uh, so that her task force, which she runs, uh, all of which up to, I think there's a, let's say there's 11 of them, um, all the task force she runs out of here. Um, the task force all work for the Kino Initiative, which runs Kino. And they do odd little jobs like escorting people, collecting on bounties and finding various things. Basically, whatever undercover shady shit needs to be done, these guys are your men. Um... And we are going to find ourselves inside the mine. We find ourselves sitting in a small room, which is essentially your briefing room. Um, and there are a couple of chairs there. You know, you're sitting wherever the hell you want. It's just the three of you on this particular mission. Um, and Adnalov, the goblin, um, takes a takes a walk to the front. And she says, So, darlings, I have... I have something very special for you today. Um, well, what I need you to do is I need you to find a tabaxi woman. This this tabaxi woman, uh, she uh, you might know of her, Iris, actually. Uh, she is a, a high cleric, or well, she was a high cleric of Savras at one point. Oh, fuck. Uh, yes, uh, indeed. Um, but she... Uh, she quit that post about eight years ago, and um, she we lost tabs on her. Um, and uh, we've recently discovered that she was working and is still working, we think, with the assembly. So we need you guys to bring her in. Alive? Uh, yes. Um, uh, Baracus himself asked me to make sure that you brought her in alive. There is no other option. 
alive is the only choice. You cannot kill her. Um, out of game question. How taboo is necromancy in Kido? Uh, nowhere near as bad as it is in Discora. Um, over in Kino, it's it's kind of accepted, you know. You know, it's not unusual to meet people who've been brought back from the dead. Mm. It's well, not like huzzah, let's all die, then get racist necromancy. <laughs> no, it's not quite like that. It's uh, it's it's kind of a little bit like it's accepted that these things happen. Yeah. It's the will of the gods. Uh, uh, Gref just kind of uh, is sitting up, kind of straight after she started talking. He obviously seems to be trying to pay attention, and he looks over to the rest of the team. So, what's the pay this time? Well, uh, usual standard fare. We'll give you uh, 200 gold apiece. Okay, so we absolutely cannot kill her. You absolutely cannot kill her. If she comes back dead, then that's uh, uh, rather defies the point. What hmm. about maiming? What I mean, listen, I can't exactly control where my bullets go every time. <laughs> yes, I remember the incident from last time. Um, well, That one had it coming. He did. I'm, I'm, I'm sure the paperwork was up to snuff on that. Um, <clears throat> Ron just like <clears throat> yes. kind of covered. <clears throat> we do paperwork. I do paperwork, Griff. Oh, Griff, darling. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not the leader of this group now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Griff, darling. Um, maiming is fine. We need the soul and heart and brain and lungs intact. Hmm. Then it shouldn't be a big job. Just punch her hard enough and bring her back. You do, of course, need to find her. Oh, you don't know where she is? Uh, we have some information when we lost track of her. Um, last we heard, uh, Stasia is her name. T-H-Y-S-I-A. Uh, Thysia, uh, Tabaxi. She was last seen in Silvana. Um, uh, we're aware that she is possibly going to be getting on a boat and heading for Freedom's Bluff this evening, midnight. Uh, it is also kind of rumoured that uh, the Assembly has paid for her passage and that... Uh, she's boarding a ship with one of her cousins. Uh, we're not too sure on that specific relationship, but this is our, our best guess. She is a good link to the assembly, we feel, and this may be the last chance we have to grab her. Is there any extra pay for bringing more assembly back? Uh, of course, if you bring any assembly back, that's fine. That's, uh, we'll, we'll negotiate the pay. I take it those ones don't have to be alive, though, do they? Oh no, the others do not. Absolutely not. Her cousin, anyone on the possibly on the boats with her, anyone who's paying for her travel, they do not need to be alive unless they're much higher up the food chain. But I don't know how much higher you can get than a ex high priest of Savras. Should be an easy enough job. All right. Well, then um, I guess I guess you should all uh, make your way. Is there anything you want to ask that I might be able to help you with before you leave? Anything like that? What color is she? Ah, uh, I was guessing you asked. Uh, she's a, a a deep orange, a deep reddish orange color. Aren't most tabakis deep orange? <laughs> oh, Griff, you racist. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think you're literally sitting with a tabaxi looking-ish thing. <laughs> it's not orange. He does not count. He's like part lizard. 
<laughs> Graf, do you remember the time that you asked me why I wasn't red and I punched you? I it, remember th- that. This is very similar situation here. You can't just... You're also different colored. It's hard. Well, I'm, I'm sure you'll learn in <laughs> She says that with absolutely no confidence whatsoever. <laughs> She's been dealing with Gref, what, two years now, I think we said? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. Um, dealing with Gref for a while now. She knows better than to... Well, she tries. She hopes. <laughs> well, I've heard all I need to hear. Well, uh, if there's nothing else, then uh, I guess you guys should uh, get your things and make your way. Uh, bring her back here afterwards. It'll be best. Um, Abrakas is in the area and uh, wishes to pick uh, pick this woman up himself. Uh, Kales is with him, of course. So Abrakas is in town? More directly. Yes, uh um, he's dropped by this morning with the the missive, and yes, he's he's around here somewhere. I assume. Is his son with them? Ah, uh, I think his son might be back in the capital. I'm not really sure. I only really spoke to Baracus. All right. Oh, you're not screwing us on this again. Is there a time we have to bring her back before? You ducked us well, like if... way too much last time. It's not our fault. <laughs> he kept running. <laughs> Well, you would let him keep his legs. Um, you said no maiming. I thought that meant two legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You can just see her. Just like she puts her hand over her eyes. It's like... <laughs> Wait, uh, who's in charge of this group? <laughs> I promise. Fuck. <laughs> I don't um, look very happy. <laughs> well, But I don't look very surprised. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's put it like this, young Gref. Um, her boat leaves in the midnight hour. If you haven't got her by then, or you haven't got her at that point, um, don't bother waking me up in the morning. She fixes you with like a really like annoyed glare. <laughs> Gref leaves over to Ivoris. Like, is she threatening to fire us? Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll bring her back. <laughs> we'll, we'll get it done <laughs> legs and all uh, maybe not but we'll see yeah <clears throat> I mean yeah we gotta pass on the maiming it's uh, okay. I'd say what it's probably better that I don't know anything else about this particular operation in your planning uh, just head on into the town and bring her back soon if anything's wrong <laughs> yeah, Iris isn't saying this <laughs> if anything's wrong with it, she was that way before we got her. <laughs> and that'll be how it reads in the report, I'm sure. <laughs> the head was gone before, I swear. Uh, at this point, she uh, uh, she kind of like claps her hands together and like uh, begins to like lift her arms up and begins to shoo you out of the room. And she gives Aron, who she's been friends with for a very long time, a look of like, I'm awfully sorry I set you up with these people. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Ron just as he walks out kind of like gives a slight shoulder shrug and ruffles his wings a little and then walks out. <laughs> okay, um, as you guys are making your way out of the mine, um, Ada Love walks with you. Um, she walks with you to the entrance. It's just a thing she likes to do. She likes to see you all off. Um, I would like all of you to make a perception check for me, please. Because oh, there are only man. three of you. I muzzled it. A roll. A roll. I got an 11. Oh, oh boy. That didn't work. <laughs> you said perception? 
Perception. 20. Non-natural. Dirty 20. Filthy. 13. Oh boy, that doesn't do much either. Okay. As you guys make your way down towards Shilvana properly itself, um, those of you two who got below a 15, you don't really spot much. Um, you notice that there are some people making their way back towards the mine. But Ivoris, with your eagle eyes, um, you notice that there is a single tiefling on a horse. And they're wearing a very big cloak trying to disguise their features, but they're heading straight for the mine. And just that moment when they hit the mine, you look back and you see Adnanlov standing there looking up at this tiefling on the horse. And you see the wind catch a bit and you see this red-skinned tiefling who you would know and you would all know to be Baracus. They seem to be having a very heated debate. Um, he jumps off the horse and begins to like gesticulate wildly at her and she's kind of like backing off like, what? what, what? Um, you get that as you look back. Is there anything you'd like to do with this information? I'm going to nudge Iran. Just elbow him. What? Those your friends? Not friends. Iran looks where Ivaris is gesturing. Uh, yeah, you'd be able to spot the scene now that it's been pointed out. Even Graf. Graf is dead-eyed, just kind of staring at it. How far away are they? Uh, Who is this dude, by the way? Uh, Baracus is the leader of the Kino Initiative. He's basically in charge. Oh, okay. He's, uh, he's top brass. Um, How many dwarves away are they right now? I think we should have a new metric. Being that we're on Kino. How about feet? <laughs> That's really funny. That's real funny. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, you are far enough away that you can't quite catch everything they're hearing, everything they're saying. So let's say, I don't know, uh, like 15 irises lying down. <laughs> Tabaxi are pretty tall, guys. Like seven feet plus. <laughs> Jesus, you're seven feet tall? Uh, what did I write? What did no, I write? It's not on my I character think you're sheet. No, like yeah. Six, six or six five. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. He's he's about average yeah, I've length. Seen... He's uh, average length, fuck. He's about average. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's uh, I didn't need to know the that average one. length, is it? All right, good to know. I'm in vastly undersold. <laughs> All right. Stop it. <laughs> he's about he's about average height for a tabaxi. Fuck you. Okay, so figure they're probably about a hundred feet away right now. Yeah, let's go with that. I guess then. Yeah, let's go okay. Uh I'm grossly just bullshit guessing here. Um, <clears throat> Aran seeing that is going to turn back around and uh, say to Ivaris and Gref, keep walking. Try to make it look like I might be standing in front of one of you. I'm going to go stick around and see if I can overhear anything. I'll meet you at the edge of the city. Gref kind of that I just looks at Ivaris and goes, I heard keep walking and just keep, starts walking. Oh my. Fuck. 
All right. I well, like I guess... him. He takes orders well. Right. Yeah, we're going to have to have a talk about that, it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> As you two are discussing right. this, Grefis is like, stomp, 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 stomp. Yeah, well, I guess we're doing that thing that you just said then, so. Aran <laughs> uh, is going to tuck his wings in. Uh, as close to his body as he can, and he's going to try to duck around. I like we're on the side of a mount, uh, like a mountainy, rocky. Yeah, he's gonna like duck around behind a rock, um, and he's going to try to sneak as close as he can and overhear what they're talking about. Take a stealth check for me, please. Wow, that's for the plus six. Ooh. That is an eight. Am I offering him help? You can do. Is that what I was doing with my, our walking plan? Mm. Plan was to be oh, distraction, so nobody noticed me slipping away. Fine, fine, with advantage. Thank All you. Again. Oh, dirty twenty. Much that's better. much better. Okay, much better. Ivis is pretty sneaky too. <laughs> you would know how to help. Uh, between the three of you, you managed to get uh, a wrong closer without being noticed by the other two. Um, as you sneak your way there, you get pretty close, but not. You realize that if you take much too much a step closer, that you're probably not. You're probably going to get spotted. You're running out of brush and bush to hide in that sort of thing around the edge of this mountain, rocks, etc. Mm-hmm. She's cleared a little bit out of the front. I'm going to need you to make a perception check. Thirteen. Boy. Okay. On a 13, you can hear Adnov like, well, I can't simply just believe this. I mean, your your council aren't here. There's no one, there's no guards around. I mean, what are you doing here like this? I know we have a... And then you hear him mutter something very quietly and she goes very still and she looks up at him and she says, are you sure? I mean, I can't... What you're saying is preposterous. It can't be... Can't, very ridiculous doomsayer talk. And then you hear him say, The apocalypse is coming. Bikron will shake and bleed. And you see her throw her hands up in the air and she just like turns around, puts a hand over her face, you know, they're kind of like trying to center herself. She turns back to him and she beckons him to come down. You can see them mouthing something, whispering something to each other, but you can't hear what they're saying. And then after a moment, they both go into the mine with the horse. Um, Is anybody left outside or they're all gone? They're all gone. Uh, Baracus did not turn up with the usual fanfare of people and it was just you three that she was seeing off. Gotcha. Uh, As soon as they're gone, uh, Aran's going to wait like another minute to make sure it's clear. Mm -hmm. And then he's going to uh, fly up and uh, dash to the edge of the city to meet up with everyone. Uh, Yeah, it doesn't take you particularly long to catch up with them. Um, The city is a a little distance, maybe at half hour from the mine. Um, Yeah, you guys catch up pretty quickly. Uh. While Graf and Ivaris are uh, walking alone, he Graf kind of breaks the silence at one point, going, "You know, if he doesn't return, we get his part." Yeah, that's uh, that's nice, I guess. So, extra hundred gold—that's gonna keep us going for a long time. That's pretty good. And maybe <laughs> we'll get somebody who's not. Oh wait, if he gets beat up, who gets his gun? Do I get his gun? <laughs> yeah. Th- I think at this point you are within <laughs> hearing think, range because it's funny. I think you can have that. <laughs> I would like that. I don't really get it, but it looks really useful. 
Sure. Aron, you are definitely hearing this part of the conversation. <laughs> Aron just lands behind you guys with a thud. You oh, know, hey. I could hear that part. Mm. Which part? I've been saying a lot of things. <laughs> Aron just shakes his head. We have worse problems to deal with right now. Oh, are you going to punch me again? <laughs> yes, that is exactly it. No. Did you get caught? No. Um, they were saying something about an apocalypse. Baraka seemed very convinced that the apocalypse was coming and that the world was going to shake from it. I don't know what they could possibly mean about something like that, but... Hmm. No telling. Seems a little bit far-fetched to me. Seems like big people problem. Just be scared talk. Rumors. Wouldn't think anything of it. Well, Adnaloff seemed flustered by it, so. They have any reasoning? I didn't hear. Well, we got a job to do. Right. So don't let any of that distract you from what needs to be done. We're just punching people in the face this time. You're allowed to shoot too, not but don't, to not hat. No, don't. Just don't, not to death. All right? <laughs> All good. How about you shoot the cousin and we'll punch <laughs> the girl. Girl? <laughs> the Tabaxi. Right. Yes. I think that might be a better idea is if uh, I take care of the or, or you can teach me how to shoot that gun and you can punch the girl. You find yourselves in the city proper now. There are guards wandering around. They they kind of vaguely recognize you. know that you're important. Um, you often get hand waved through security checks, that kind of thing. Do we have badges? Uh, <laughs> yes. Really? <laughs> Sure. Um, yeah. They're the kind of thing that you only flash if you're in like real fucking trouble. Mm-hmm. I wear um, it as a belt buckle. <laughs> you're going. I'm kidding. You're going for like Texas Ranger on the ship. <laughs> no. Thank you. Um, they're the sort of badges that you'd only flash if you get into like a real freaking trouble. Um, the guards understand that you're important, but they don't know why. Got it. Um, so you're you're kind of like just. You don't exactly have a clean slate to do what you want, but you've got a little bit of lenience because you keep throwing this like you're in, you're important in their face. You guys make your way through this city. It's, it feels nice today. I mean, the sun is out. You've walked through some lovely grass fields just now and it's, it smells like that kind of like warm summery air that you get when like it hasn't rained for a while and it kind of smells a bit dusty and, you know, you're close enough to the sea obviously being on a dock town um, that you dock city kind of thing that you can smell the sea salt and it's kind of like a very light breeze on this really rather warm-ish day. Um, where are you guys headed? What do you want to try and do? Well... Should we try talking first? Has that ever worked? Well, not often. But uh, with the whole uh, Severus thing, maybe I can uh, have a better shot at that this time. I mean, 
you're the leader, it's your choice. I always say that if the, a punch unseen is the best punch, but if you want to talk to them first, that's always a good try. Let's scope out. It's a ship we're going to? You're just told a ship at midnight. A ship paid for by um, the uh, assembly. Oh, did we not get like the name of the ship? Nope. Ooh. Let's just try to find the ship and uh, we'll scope it out before we make any final arrangements. We should try to go speak to the harbor master. I know a guy there. I drink with them often. The harbor guys. They're good guys. <laughs> yes. Yes, you do. Sure. Kref <laughs> is the kind of person that goes to the docks for fights and drinks. All right. All right, you motherfucker. All right. I can fucking deal with this. Son of a bitch. I pull out my Game Boy that I have. <laughs> <laughs> that Haran made for you. That Haran made. My- it's just a it's just a slate tablet with some chalk that won't come off. <laughs> All right. You you son of a bitch. Um I'm not you Graf knows the right person. He just knows the hard no, no, people. No, 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 no. It's fine. <laughs> You know someone down at the docks who drinks. Um, you know this little goblin guy. Um, he's really short even by goblin standards. Um, he plays a harmonica. Um, he often has a companion who's a aracocra, uh, who just whistles and tweets a lot. Um, and yeah, this, this goblin is often found down in uh, one of the local pubs called uh, the Leaky Barrel. I know a little gobbo. He's usually pretty knowledgeable about the comings and goings. All right. If you think you could talk to him, it might be useful. Yeah, but um, uh, he's a bit of a stingy fellow. and He's not. He isn't? <laughs> no. Okay, he, he's, a, he's a very giving person and we will have no problems. <laughs> Gref guarantee. <laughs> you can take that without a pinch of salt you wish. <laughs> Somehow that doesn't uh, reassure me. Don't worry, fella. It's gonna be fine. And yeah, Graf leads the the team to the what did you call it? The wet barrel, <laughs> leaky, leaky barrel. barrel, leaky barrel. Yeah, <laughs> and Graf leads the team to the leaky barrel. Okay, you guys make your way across the town. It takes maybe 20, 30 minutes to get from where you guys entered on the east side to get to the west side where the coast is um, where all the docks are and west side, Gref, west side. yeah of course um, and Gref leads you to this it's like he'd lead you initially to the dock front you think oh this is this is nice and pleasant until he takes a left hand turn and a right hand turn and the alleyways get smaller and smaller and they begin to smell more and more like refuse and garbage and just not pleasant things and at the very end of this like very tiny little alleyway you see just like a single door like the the alleyway is now only wide enough for like a door and um the taller amongst you have to like duck down to get into this door and it's this really broken dingy shack is really no other word for it it's very like a very long thin entrance way and you can see there are a few people like lying on the ground that are slightly too drunk and you have to step over them um and then you get into the the, the main room itself um it looks no better than the door which is broken down there were holes in the roof um it smells so much like damp and seawater it's like you may as well be in the sea um there are no rushes on the ground it's just covered in like beer stains and wine stains and it smells 
a lot like rum and whiskey. Um, there are tables and chairs here and like the odd candle. Um, and there's, um, you know, there's a, there's a lovely young tiefling behind the bar um, who just seems to be happily serving drinks. No one seems to be messing with her. She looks too good for this place and we'll probably move on. And you can see that up on like one of the slightly bigger barrels, which, you know, serves as tables in this sort of area, you can see that there is a goblin sitting on top of this barrel and you can see there's a little aracocra sitting next to them um, who just seems to be happily whistling away to the tune that the goblin is is making on this small harmonica. Fucking hell, did the ship wreck in here? No, no. Like, that, those stains are after me. That stains after the guy who punched me. And that's the rest of him. Yeah, yeah, that looks like a shoe. It's, it's very, fine. Very important question. Yes. <laughs> what kind of tiefling is it? Uh, it's a, it's a, a, a not a feral tiefling. Not, not feral, not winged. Tiefling. No. Good. Okay. Yeah, none of none of those uh, shenanigans. I need those distinctions. Yes, I know you do. There are none of those shenanigans. Um, Good. Just a pale blue tiefling. You want to derail the campaign? That's how you derail the campaign. Uh, you guys are doing well enough on your own, you motherfuckers. <laughs> Aaron, uh, do you like either tiefling that's wagering, or is it just a real quick glance? He scans, hmm. seems to acknowledge a lack of something, and then moves on. Craft like shoulder bumps, uh, like elbow bumps you. You like what you see? More that I like what I don't see. Ah, the lack of something is what interests you. She's a nice girl, but she doesn't go for coin. She goes for words. You might have a chance. Aran just gives you a look, <laughs> blinks twice. It's just like, I don't. Okay. Moving <laughs> on. All right. What do you guys want to do? You're in this uh, this this bar, inverted commas, called the Leaky Barrel. What do you want to do? Uh, Ivoris, why don't you get us a round of drinks uh, as I uh, warm up Gobbo? Wait, what's his name? <laughs> Azed. Azed. Uh, and then Gref approaches the goblin. Ugh, fuck. All right. Ron's going to stick with Ivoris. <sighs> All right, uh, let's let's do some dumb world building because I've already written these. Uh, pick a number between one and four. Which you? Oh, me. Uh, uh four. <laughs> There's a dice for that. Uh, okay, I got overexcited when I was prepping today, so I wrote some sea shanties. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As I said, world building. <laughs> Neil, you're gonna have to do some cool shit with this. All right. He plays a harmonica and there's a whistling aerococker. Have fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm meant to take my phone, so I'm going to laugh too hard doing this. <laughs> I hate my life. What should we do with a drunken goblin sick hungover and hair frobbin? Find a baron, toss him hard in early in the morning. What should we do with a drunken tabaxi? Question is the Avni family. If it's no, then drop him in the sea early in the morning. And he continues with these really grim uh, rhymes. There are more, but I'm not doing them all. <laughs> there are two more. I'm not doing them. Um, uh, Anchor! Anchor! I'll tell you what, if you give us a... Uh, you give us two silver, I'll do a couple more. We, what do you, we're gonna like talk to you with like not singing words. Maybe, maybe encourage that while you're over there talking to your friend. Crap. 
<laughs> Griff, these your these your friends? Ah, yes. These are my co-workers. We work together. Oh. We do work stuff together. We do something like that. <laughs> you see, you see, as Ed like looking over you, Ivoris just eyeing the cleanness of your attire. Just like oh, looks I around. Do not look like I belong here. <laughs> you do not belong here. Um, and he, you ain't he looks the only one, pal. Yeah, as Ed, <laughs> as Ed looks back at you and he says, uh, "So, uh, what are you bringing your work friends in for? Is this a prank?" Uh, no, we're here on the job. Uh, that's why everything we do is a business expense, right, Ivaris? <laughs> <laughs> The deathly silent McScruff just go. Oh, okay. Are you asking Iris to pay this guy for something? The beer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's trying to rationalize our job paying for us to get drunk. But the stony silence I got from Iris McScruff just go back. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, okay. Um, uh, we're actually uh, looking for a little bit of information. We're here on on business, as they say. As, as like that loser we beat up last week did. <laughs> Oh. Down here wearing those shoes. <laughs> oh. Is he dead? <laughs> is there a no, dead no, person in here? No, there is not a dead person, but one shoe still remains he's like in the corners. Been there for a week is my concern. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> he's been there for a week. That's not the concern here. The bar <laughs> is the concern, my friend. Um, he says, "Oh, what, what kind of business you on? What, what, uh, what can what can older Zed help you with?" Um. <laughs> Quite, Bert. <laughs> Don't know your name either. Um, as I said, we're we're looking for a boat that's leaving tonight, like almost at the stroke of midnight. Oh right, yeah. Uh, wow. Do you know uh, if there's like any boat that's like kind of they're trying to be quiet about the fact they're leaving? No, no. I mean, the boat's got to go through the harbour master because you know otherwise they might crash into each other, especially at midnight. Uh, mm. I heard tell though, and he kind of like leans in a bit. Urge told that uh, there's a uh, there's there's some dodgy dealings going on. There's a couple of people not accounted for in some of the manifestos. You know, there's a a couple of people who've managed to like slip in with no names, like you know the, the traditional, like you know a Z, you know a secret hidden names that sort of thing, mm. and uh. I heard rumor. You know, I heard rumor. You know, oh, do you know? I just, I think I've forgotten it actually. And he kind of like gives you a, a pointed glare. <laughs> ah, yes. And Gref goes to his pockets and picks out what, like three copper pieces in lint to like, <laughs> uh, yeah, put puts it on the on his table. Oh, I'm sorry, how your memory's going? Uh, oh no, I know. Do you know what the medicine for for memory loss is real expensive? He says Graf loud enough his... for everyone to hear. Graf goes into his other pocket and like <laughs> I want to say paper clips, but <laughs> no, no sense. No, and just uh, like 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 two silver pieces and like a copper. Like uh. roll a persuasion check for me. <laughs> My God, I don't have any money written down. Um, Iran's just watching this. I think we're all just watching this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, pretty much. Ooh, I rolled an 18. Oh, fuck my life. Um, well, 
I know there's a couple of ships going out. There's three of them going out tonight, and I heard that there's a those hidden passengers. Once I was talking about a tabaxi, there are a couple of them going on. One of them's working, and one of them's got a private cabin. Uh, oh, yeah. But there's uh, there's three. I can't tell you which one. I don't know. Just rumours, you know, rumours. And uh, yeah, there are three ships. Uh, the two sisters, uh, the Astio, and the Puffin Star. I was, Graf uh, looks back at the gang like, Are you guys writing this down? Because I will forget this. <sighs> All right, fine. As Arch pulls up his notes. Now, I'm pretty sure, I'm fairly sure that there isn't any tabaxi cooks on the two sisters. I'm, I'm fairly certain of that because they serve that like Athnar's like... Famous porridge, beautiful thing. I'm pretty sure the tabaxi don't serve that. They've got their own in-house cook, so you might want to be able to strike that one off the list. Okay, okay. So it's the puffin store and the, most likely the puffin store and the other one. Astia, are you not keeping up, Gref? <laughs> He's not. I am. Keep going. <laughs> See, this uh, is uh, why uh, we're a good team. We have to let him feel like he's trying. <laughs> He looks over Gref's head a bit. He's sitting on the bow. He's like, just gives you like a, uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so who is it exactly you're looking for? Uh, hmm. Uh. <laughs> he just like leans around the mass that is Gref to look at a It's like, who is it you're looking for? Why do you need to know? We know. Information for information. Just interested. Can't tell you nothing if I don't know nothing. Can't tell other people things if you don't know things. That's true. That's what you get for dealing with. And he looks around. You know, people like us in the leaky barrel. Right. Anything else? I think we're good. At least I am. Around like. I have like this stupid image in my head that Iran somehow invented sticky notes. <laughs> It's sticky shit on paper, V. Bean, bean bag is just beans in a bag. Bean bag chair. You bean bag chair. You can't tell me that Raw can't have a bag of beans with the money that he made doing illegal fighting. <laughs> I did never tell you you couldn't have a beanbag chair. And that beanbag no, chair is technically well, owned by Bogram. You didn't. You didn't tell me I couldn't because I told you you couldn't. It didn't make sense that you couldn't tell me that I couldn't have that. I, I can't tell you that. I'll, I'll tell you, Ron. Yes, a Ron can have like a, a notepad, which is like pretty big and it's kind of sticky at the top. It, it mostly works as notepad as a, as as like post-it notes. Sure. <laughs> He just has like a small stack and he's writing notes. Yeah. It just puts it away. That's fine. Yeah, you can do that. Tucks Go it away it. in like one of his little uh, pockets inside the the coat. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's fine. Why are they not just right? Why don't you just have a notebook though? Why do they have to? What are you sticking them to? Whatever I want. Fuck off. <laughs> you just... He puts them on my arm. That way, I don't lose them, and then I can look at them. You just carve <laughs> them in your arm. Anyway, enough of this frivolity. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. you have some sort of post-it note slash notepad. I will go with it because, sure. Um, <laughs> You, I call uh, them you, sticker notes. 
boy. Uh, so what are you guys going to do now? Are you staying here at the Leaky Barrel? Are you going to question oh. Azed more? Oh. Gref is a little bit upset that there was no beer gotten like he asked for. <laughs> so he's just kind of pouting like, I think I have to go back to work. Uh, I'll see you maybe, probably not tonight. It's a it's a night job. I'll, I'll see you. I'll see you. Night job, is it? Good to know. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a night job. I have to punch somebody. Can't kill them. <laughs> Graf. Hey, Graf. Graf I, ne- Graf, I need to talk to you outside for a second. We have to... I have hey, to- Graf! There's the thing. Why are you suggesting that killing people is a thing that we ever do? <laughs> hey, Graf! Uh, you what? you managed to grab Gref like like the yeah, I'm gonna say scruff neck by the Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Why do you want to go outside? That's where people pee usually. Uh, uh, oh, I mean, to fuck. be fair, Gref did imply that they murdered somebody in this bar the other night. <laughs> He's still lying there. <laughs> He's not <laughs> lying there. He's not lying there. Okay, guys. He's There's not lying there. <laughs> I love that you still think it. <laughs> All right, you guys managed to grab Gref and pull him outside. Um, I'm going to say it's probably four or five in the afternoon, give or take. Um, yeah, so it's, it's late-ish. Sun's still up. All right, well, unless you guys think you can fish out any more information, I think that we can... Uh, Find a safe place to keep a lookout on the docks, have some dinner, and then come back and wait in that spot. I think we should go talk to the harbor master. I'd rather not leave it to chance. We don't know which boat specifically, and if we have the wrong one, uh, it'll make the, our lives easier. The harbor master is not going to know anything. The, the the two tabaxis are off the books, like, like Gobbo said. Right, but the harbor master would know who's off the books because otherwise, it's a matter of who's getting paid for being off the books. Bribery. You're, you're assuming they bribed directly the harbor master. That's what I would do. Yeah, you wouldn't last your day. <laughs> oh my god! Um, between you, you would all know where the harbor master's place is. It's it's a Fairly obvious. This is a little kind of a little shack. No, it's um, it's a nice-ish looking shack that's kind of like just off of the dock itself. Um, it's it's wooden. It's with with uh, withstood uh, some epic storms. A really good one will snow knock it down, but it's the risk that the dock master takes. Um, you guys make your way over there, and you see the three of you been here in uh, Shilvana for a little while. You would recognise the dock master. The dock master is uh, a gnome with uh, dark pink hair and a very fierce, angry, weather-beaten look about him. Uh, he's pretty old, not going senile, a bit gruff, a bit uh, annoyed at the world, but seems to be, you know, he keeps everything under control. Um, he knows what goes on here. Um, and yeah, you guys can rock up there. Um, he is currently just leaning back in a chair. Um, you can see that there are lots of maps, nautical maps around. You can see that there are books and books and books everywhere. Uh, you can see that there's like the odd thing that he's confiscated off of various ships. Um, yeah, this is this is how you find him. Ivaris looks over at Iran. Iran looks at Ivaris. You got it. I was kind of thinking this would be more up your alley. All right, well, can't exactly hide what I am here. 
I'm not asking you to. No. But uh, a little bit harder for getting the information and all of that. <clears throat> Things have to usually get a uh, little bit negative for me to get information. But I can do it. Yeah. Graf is loudly chewing bread. Oh my Where God. did you get that? Oh, um, my pocket. Oh, okay. Gross. Fine, I'll do it. All right. Uh, with Iris in the lead, you guys enter the, the hut. Um, the harbour master, like, scowls and looks up at you, and you can see him, like, sliding his chair back a little bit to get away from Iris, who just seems to be putting him at ill ease. And uh, he just, like, looks up. What? Yeah, Iris just walks in slowly, hands behind his back, chin up. He always walks with a very distinguished posture. Oh, we were looking for uh, some information. Why? Well, shall give information to you. We need the information for work. And I flash the badge. My cool badge that I have. Roll an intimidation check for me. Is that an intimidation flashing my badge? Yeah, you've just turned up and like, give me information, badge. <laughs> I mean, I have I'm it. sorry, but if a cop turned up at my door and flashed his badge, like, give me information. Can, like, I, okay. uh, uh, can I mean, Aram be assisting? Maybe he just criminal. casually has his hand on his gun. Oh my good lord. He's like polishing the side of it. <laughs> that coupled with the fact that Gref is standing behind there like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> have oh advantage. Goodness. You guys know what I have to <laughs> intimidation? Mm-hmm. With okay. advantage, because your companions are helping yeah. and not helping. Well, that's a 21. And that was a 12 on, on the die. <laughs> oh! Jeebus. Oh, um, you have expertise. Okay. I have a plus nine to uh, nice. deception, intimidation, <sighs> and persuasion. So, Boy, I'm going to eat up some of these checks Iris later kind of just lets you guys talk sometimes <laughs> because he wants you to feel useful. <laughs> he's a good leader. And also, um, like he said, most of the time when he's talking to somebody, it has to go a certain way. And he yeah. doesn't really like all of the business to do that. So. Um, he sees that you are kind of an official of the uh, of the government, so to speak. And he's, he straightens kind of. up and he just... I have a badge. Must be on the bottom. My badge doesn't it say "kind of." <laughs> <laughs> That's the K in the Kino Initiative. It's just like kind of initiative. Uh, he he straightens himself up on his chair and he's like stands up to his full height of like three foot two. Um, and he he looks up. And he's like, "What is it you want? How can I happily serve my government?" You can relax. First of all. We're not here to hurt anybody. Hmm. We just need to know where a uh, tabaxi that might be serving Savras, a high cleric of sorts, might be coming in town on a boat at midnight tonight. We need to know what boat. They're leaving town. Oh, they're leaving? T- okay, my bad. <laughs> Close. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Scratch that. Reverse it. Yep. <clears throat> Wait, wait, wait. Um, let me go see. 
And he kind of like stomps off, climbs up on a stool, grabs a book, pulls it down, slams it on the desk with obvious annoyance, um, flicks open a few pages to like the, you know, the most recent entries. And he runs his finger down and like, one of these, uh, three of them, three of them going out tonight. Huffin Star's got some unauthorised cargo. You didn't hear it from me. All right, then. Is that the only one? He looks around, sees that there's no one but you three here, and closes Ron the shuts book. the door behind him. <laughs> the uh, man in charge in his, his boat, the two sisters, got other unauthorised cargo, shall we say. They're not the ones you're looking for. Don't bust them. They haven't done. Just leave the sisters alone. Just a few things being exported. You want a tabaxi? Star's the one you want. But you didn't hear it from me, right? I ain't no grass. Just save my, save my continent. Uh, Iris takes out a gold piece and flips it over at him. Thank you for your cooperation. Dinner's on us. Like I said, no one's going to be hurt. And I'll flash him my symbol of Sabras, just a small little thing that you've probably never seen Ivers have. <laughs> you probably just <laughs> maybe have heard like like of who uh, Ivers worships. He hmm. does not pray, does not like <laughs> no, often not flash a- this. Um, this is odd for him, but like he wants to like chill this guy out. Um, I'm just hearing that Iran likes flashing people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh um, boy. Um, or, uh, Ivaris, excuse me. Jesus Christ. Ivaris, yeah. Um, he, he's flashing everybody. I'm tired. Um, All right, he looks, <laughs> he looks up at you and he gives you a a kind of begrudging nod seeing that you have the symbol of Savras and that you are after a certain someone with Savras in mind. Um, says, do I need to be exposed? in that much trouble? I hope not. It's just bringing someone in for a talk we need. Nothing more. It's not those, and he looks left, looks right, looks left again, looks back at you. Not those assembly types, is it? And he kind of like spits on the ground. Well, we won't know until we get that talk. All right. That's why your cooperation was much appreciated. Anything for Kino? And uh, he grabs the book and he starts to busy himself putting things back. He's taking overly long putting things back. He's like, he doesn't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> as far as he's concerned, this conversation is over already. What you got? <laughs> yeah, Iris doesn't really have much, anything more to say. He's not one for formal goodbyes. Yeah. He just turns and walks out because he's done. He did a nice thing, actually. That was a pretty good conversation for Ivers. <laughs> and we're all proud of you. Ivers, um, but writing it in his journal for happy things. No no blood. No blood today. No um, blood. I didn't mind control him. There's no gun needed. It's fine. No gun. Well, well you're putting that in your unhappy part of your diary. <laughs> things that did Dear not Dear diary, did not find today out. I didn't have to shoot someone. Iverson's <laughs> journal is just like the same. Today, Iran didn't have to shoot someone. 
This and and a lot of at home is just like, I don't have to feel like, like <laughs> I have to feel like form WP38. Thank God for that. Um, yeah. Okay. So you guys now outside the uh, Hubmaster's uh, little shack. What do you guys want to do? You you kind of have information pointing you in a, in a particular direction. Uh, what do you guys want to do? It's not midnight by any stretch of the imagination. So what do you want to do? Well, if you would like to get a drink, Griff. We can mm-hmm. do so on a part of town that rather suits, uh, you know, normal people. I kind of uh, emptied my pockets earlier doing business expenses. You had two copper. <laughs> and a silver. And, <laughs> and some goodwill. A lot of goodwill. Don't worry about it. Don't <laughs> Oh, oh, That's the funniest thing. There's two still for three coffee winners. <laughs> Griff doesn't remember what he paid. Or maybe Griff just can't count. <laughs> oh. oh, Griff's journal entry version is just him looking at an empty page like, oh. <laughs> he drew circles for coins. He's just looking at a page with like three different sizes of circles. Oh my lord. I don't know. <laughs> three copper. <laughs> <laughs> They're all just circles. <laughs> oh my god! All right, sorry, sorry. Thank <sighs> you guys. So, so far as I could tell, you guys are trying to make your way to a nicer part of town to eat food. That's what uh, Iris is trying to get everyone to do. If Graf wants to drink, that's okay, but uh, we will do so in a establishment that would know Iris. Okay. Aran wants to scout out the boat. But we're going to do that before midnight. It's like fucking like. Well, but during six, the day, seven. it's less conspicuous. Don't you have spooky night vision? Don't you? You can work at night. I can. Oh, it's a matter awesome. of blending in. God. Uh, you guys would know that Iris does not see in the dark like Tabaxi do. <laughs> oh, uh, Goliath don't see in the dark either, so okay. we're equally fucked. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Nighttime escapades. Yep. Yes. Gotcha. Excellent. You're welcome, okay. V. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so what you're saying is, is at some point I need to fix the fact that you can't fucking see in the dark? I think they need that, yeah. Um, God damn it. But you don't have that technology just yet. You haven't quite created it. It's a work in progress, I assume. I could have. Okay. Could have. So are you going to go check? Are you guys going to go check this ship out during the day? I am. If they want to go drink, that's fine. Are you suggesting in character that we go check the ships? Because that's fine. <laughs> yes, Aran is going to say, if you guys want to go get to drink, that's fine. But I think I'd like to scout out the boat first. Well, we can do that while we're here. Oh, okay. <laughs> we got plenty of time. <laughs> All right. Um, it's fairly easy to find the Puffin Star. It's a small, I'm going to say ship, so I don't insult anyone. It's a small ship. (laughs) It's a small ship. Um, There is a... a sloop, let's say. I don't know what that is. Uh, It's a small ship. There are, there's the kind of like uh, top end where the wheel is. Yeah. Yep. 
Yep. Yep. There's the that. There's that yep. bit. The helm. Thank you. There's the bit underneath, which is the captain's uh, cabin, and you assume other cabins. Um, it's just large enough to have like maybe one or two more. And then there's essentially the next one down, which is uh, below the deck. The uh, galley. The galley. Thank you. Where a bunch of people live and breathe and all that stuff. And then there's one which looks like this further down, which would have like the hold and all the stuff like that. Um, there is a figurehead on the front of a carved puffin because it's cute and adorable. Um, and there's stars instead of eyes. Um, yeah, this is the ship as you find it. There are lots of people um, coming off and on. There's a particularly wide gangplank on there as they're trying to heave this particularly big box up. There's still enough room for you to get, like, you know, up the side of it and such, but it's uh, there's there's a couple of men, like, moving this around. Um, there doesn't seem to be anyone on lookout. There is a guy, um, there is a tiefling, not wings, not feral. Um, okay. There is Thank a tiefling you. standing there who's writing on a on a... On, on a board, presumably checking cargo in and off, um, crew members and such like. Uh, this is what you guys see when you arrive. Graf steps back because he has never been expected to do anything quietly or silently before. <laughs> True. All right. What are you looking for? Are you trying to get somewhere settled now? Or? I mean, the best thing I could think of is trying to watch who's coming and who's going, try to pick out any of the crew, see if anybody important stands out. Perhaps if we can spot our quarry early, we can uh, grab them when they're not surrounded by all their guards. Mm. That's not actually dumb. Aran just gives Greffo like a, well, duh, look. <laughs> It is not returned. Okay, so where are you guys going to set up for this observation? We should split up. <laughs> not uh, crazy split up, like within eyesight of each other, but... Why? Less conspicuous. Uh, Look at me. Right, <laughs> look at you, look at me, look at him. The three of us together are a giant sore thumb. Three of us anywhere here. I'm sure you can look inconspicuous reading one of your books. I mean... On the docks. Potentially. <laughs> All right. Uh, if that's what you guys want to do, I guess... Uh, okay. Okay. So you guys are splitting up sure. and taking different observation points. Um, Iris is like rolling his eyes and very reluctant to this <laughs> actually working. But sure. <laughs> yeah, we'll give it a shot. Okay. Is there anything anyone is specifically trying to do to blend in with the crowd or are you just finding a place to hide and just observing? And how long are you observing for before you guys meet up? Probably an hour. Yeah, it sounds about good. Uh, Ivers is definitely a person like Raw would try to blend in somewhere, you know, and not be seen. Ivers like feels his safety is best when he is seen a lot of the times, and especially in this situation where he's like dressed all bright and shit and it doesn't look the part. He's gonna sit somewhere very touristy, where he's like on a bench somewhere very fucking obvious and just like make it look like he's there to watch the boats on the dock or something stupid. You're boat watching. Yeah. Like a train watching nerd. 
Yeah, if there were like those binoculars that you put the quarter in and you can like look like a little farther, but like honestly, why did you pay that quarter? Because these things suck. I haven't invented those yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I kind of want them to be invented. This is hilarious. I'll um, add it to my list of okay. things. As you now see a business opportunity. Um, Aron <laughs> is going to be the most minted person in the world by the time this ends, if he's not dead and the world doesn't end. Um, okay, so I would like you to roll a deception check because you're pretending to be a boat-watching nerd okay. in a very bright white set of armour. Um, I'm not going to make you roll a disadvantage because it's just dumb enough it might work. Um, go for it. I mean, it's better than him trying to blend in because, like, honestly, yes, come on. yeah, you're you're playing to your strength here. You're hiding in plain sight. It's a twenty-two. Jesus. Um, you managed to procure yourself like a little book, uh, a little a little writing implement, and you're just like noting things down and like muttering to yourself about what different kind of ships there are. I'm assuming there are different types of ship. I don't know. Um, you're writing all these fancy things down, and people believe you to be a nerd. And you see a couple of these other like uh, ship enthusiasts uh, wearing the appropriate like attire down by the docks, uh, covered in like waterproofing-ish gear, like come over and chat with you about boats. And you don't learn anything really significant, but you have in fact blended in. Okay. Hey, Gref, what the hell are you doing? Is there another boat loading or unloading right now that is not the Star Puffin? Yes, there is, yeah. All right, Gref's going to walk over there and go, I need money. I used all my money for beer. Can I help you guys load and you pay me? (laughs) (laughs) Was that a part of the plan? That's actually just brilliant enough. The thing is, I don't want to make you roll a deception because it's not technically a lie. <laughs> but I will be like holding the boxes, looking at the star puffin. You'll like, be doing a crap job. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. to imagine Iris is watching this happen. <laughs> and Just it, the, look, the look on his face. <laughs> Just the sheer. Are you helping? Are you going to be bold enough? I'm going to ask this because this is an option. Are you going to be bold enough to try and help the puffin to star? Or are you just going to help a nearby ship? Like, I genuinely just want to put that up to a group vote because I thought about it, but it's like, it's so dumb, it might be dangerous. <laughs> oh, fuck it. I think it's great. Okay. <laughs> then Kraft walked up to the, the, the guys that are loading and unloading the Star Puff. And went, All right. Uh, um, it's very in oh, character. I think it's funny. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not technically a lie. That's the thing, though. I can't make you roll a deception check. Yeah, you're poor you're as not- fuck and you're dumb. Like, <laughs> This is a, a, a deception. You probably like would take a drop on the docks if they gave you one uh, right now. Take a persuasion check. Persuasion. Yeah, do a persuasion check, mum. All right, all right. <laughs> persuasion. My God, the fuck is this? Stop making me roll persuasion. I'm really bad at it. Oh my God, I got the 21. Oh Let's my do. God. <laughs> this is so dumb. It works. Um, those guys that are struggling to carry that really hefty box, you grab one in as soon as the guy's like, yeah, all right. Um, and like, you grab one in, it's like, like four silver enough. And you're like, yeah, sure. Um, you pick up the end of this box and you help these guys carry on and around the ship. And I'll describe what the ship looks like in more detail when you, I've finished with everyone else. Um, Aron. Um, so Aron is going to cast Disguise Self. Perfect. And uh, make himself look like a... God, see, the wings are the big thing. The only thing I could take make myself look like then would be either an Asimar or an uh, Arakakra. An Asimar Oh, no, because their wings aren't out all the time. 
No, and asthma aren't really a big thing anywhere. Um, the fact that you've met one in the entirety of this campaign might want to lead to how many of them there are. That's fair. They're super rare. Um, yeah, I'm going to make myself look like an, uh, an Arakaka. Cool. Because uh, I don't want to look like a different tiefling. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I would hate myself. That's fair. Yeah, you would hate yourself. Yep, sure. <laughs> Okay, so you look like a, an Arakokra. Um, um, let's cool. say I look, I make myself look like I'm a uh, like a, I'm wearing a whole sa- a sailor outfit. Um, not like <laughs> the ter- stereotypical bullshit white, like none of like, like whatever the you current like sailors look like. Yeah, something like, like that. He's got a crossbow. Uh, like his his gun is disguised as like a heavy crossbow. Yep, which is not unusual. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a fairly easy thing for you to blend to you. Basically, use your eyes um, and make yourself look, you know, fairly similar to things around you. Um, okay, so what do you want to do with this new disguise? Uh, I'm just going to kind of walk around the docks. Um, within a general vicinity, I'll make a strike up small talk with people where mm-hmm. I find it necessary. Mm-hmm. Like if I think I'm drawing attention to myself, I'll just kind of like stop and start t- talking to someone about the weather conditions and uh, sailing times and cool. Don't give me that look, Aether, when I said weather time, uh, weather conditions. It makes sense when you're sailing. No. Weather is a big part. I know. I, I just, I first of all, when you start this, you started by disguising yourself as a bird-like creature and then put on a sailor uniform. You were this close to being Donald Duck. <laughs> and then, like you're like fake sailor talk just amuse like I like the idea of like ah yes them then waves they're coming in hard today ah huh? <laughs> hello seamen okay I um, made a boat out of a log and fucking sailed with it okay. I'm not that bad alright Jack Sparrow I, I am Jack Sparrow okay. with a gun um, are you a sparrow literally case, a literal sparrow right now Yes, I'm an Aarakocra Sparrow. Stop. Um, stop. If you are pretending to be a sailor, I'm going to want a performance check from you or something you believe you could legitimately argue for. Um, I would argue deception. Either that or stealth since I'm trying to blend in. A social stealth, so charisma. Charisma. All right. Um, Charisma-based stealth check. Basically, it's just deception for me then. Yeah, sure. Same same exact shit. <laughs> sure. I don't have expertise in any way. Oh, Jesus. 18. Okay. Uh, people legitimately believe you are an Aarakocra sailor. Um, okay. <sighs> Ready the sail. Sh- <laughs> I think I hate you. Um... <laughs> And yet love you at the same time. I don't understand. (laughs) All right. As you guys are blending into your surroundings, even Graf, um, as you guys are blending into your surroundings and you guys observe the comings and goings of people as you begin to look around and like figure out what this boat is and how how things work on this ship, how this ship is and how things work out on there. Like as you're beginning to watch the coming and goings of like everything and everyone, you, between the three of you, you spot and work out the comings and goings of a small tabaxi boy. 
the tabaxi boy is you think the one you're looking for. His fur is a, a deep reddish orange colour. He seems to be looking about furtively, like um, he he pays particular interest to Iris's comings and you know looking about where he's going and determines that in fact is just a nerd. Um, and then he like walks on a bit further and he sees a Ron who's walking around and doesn't really pay him much heed as he's just talking about weathers and waves and nautical corrections. And he passes just passes Gref like just another sailor. Um, you work out that this boy is essentially taking over the cook's position. He's becoming the chef. He's sorry, cook. He's becoming the cook on this ship. Um, so you know that he works down in the galley in the pantry, um, for example. This is what you guys figure out. Um, he seems to be coming and going a lot. Um, for Aron and Ivoris, who are actually not on the boat, you can tell he's actually heading off towards uh, the kind of warehouse e district where people unload and load on a lot. But when he gets there, he just seems to disappear from your sight. He seems to have hidden himself very well. This is what you guys ascertain after an hour. I assume you guys are back together, so this one. Yeah, we reconvene somewhere like off to the side. Not in mm-hmm. plain sight. I hope. Gref I should say too. Gref is counting the forty copper pieces he was paid. Mm. <laughs> Please, eight copper pieces. I thought you said I was going to get paid four silver. No. Oh. You did. Did I? You did. Yeah, I thought I it was. Yeah, <laughs> you did say I four silver. <laughs> I was. Not All right. Pro- I I would need to make an intelligence check. This guy is totally going to stiff you. <laughs> Oh, let me see. Here we go. I'm going to roll oh, it versus a, a deception check. So this is the first time I get to roll. Fuck yeah. Oh my goodness. So I'm just rolling straight up intelligence. Yep. Boop. Uh, that's a 16. Yeah, you realize that he tried to pay you three, uh, four copper instead of four silver. You notice this and kick up a fuss and he gives you the four silver. He's uh, he silver. did not roll What are you doing, well. man? Come on. <laughs> not blind. Okay. And he just gives you four silver instead. Takes back the four copper, like very begrudgingly. Okay, so we're not with four silver. Fucking gnomes. <laughs> My bad. Um, okay. Racist. <laughs> we had a discussion about this already, okay? <laughs> you call goblins gobos. You, oh, Jesus How Christ, is that man. racism? That's a cute nickname. I, I'm not getting into this. <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> okay. You guys get back together. You have your force of it. <laughs> your disguise self has also worn off. Yep. That's why I timed it that way. Yeah. Last one hour. Uh, yeah, you guys are just in the side street. No one's particularly watching you, looking at you, overhearing you. All right, guys, I made four sewer. I get paid for my own drink now. Let's go. Well, hold on. <laughs> we need to make a plan first before you go get drunk. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. The plan, yeah. Well, it seems to me that it is most likely the correct boat then. I saw a child that was running around. The tabaxi boy? Yeah. I think he's just a cook. I think he's connected in some way, though. I saw him heading off towards the warehouse district and seeming to just vanish. All right. Well, uh... What's your strategy? What are you thinking? Well, the two options I could think of is either, well, three, I suppose, is we can head to the warehouse district now and just, oh, bust in gun, 
gun blazing. We could set up an ambush on the route from the warehouse to the boat. Or we set up an ambush at the boat itself so that when they arrive, that's when we jump them. I assume there's going to be at least some resistance, probably some armed forces. Well, I think ambushing them at the boat is the worst idea. They've got a lot of people there. You think there'd be less in the warehouse? Outside of it, anyways. Warehouse store things, not people. Well, maybe we should get a better look at the warehouses then. Sounds good to me. I'll try to okay. get an aerial view. I'll fly up high enough so I only look like a bird. Well, I never saw where he was going, so I'll just follow you, Ivers. All right. We will... Uh... We'll look at the streets. You uh, see if there's a building you can peek in or something. Try and figure out where he went. I'll keep an eye out. And Aron's going to fly up high in the air. And we're just going to okay. walk around the streets, I think. All right. So Aron is looking for the boy from above. He's looking above uh, at the warehouse. He's trying to see if he can spot the boy and uh, try to uh, spot uh, entrances and exits. Okay. I think I said this, but I did say warehouse district. Right. Is where you lost him. So it's not like, oh, warehouse. He's trying to follow. If he sees the boy again, that's where he's trying to. Okay, so you're also look, you're basically looking for the boy because once you find the boy, yeah, you can definitely do the scouting round for the the particular warehouse they may or may not disappear of, but it's a series that you can't just like find the one warehouse because there's there's loads of them. Right. Uh, just want to make that clear. Okay, so you're looking for the boy in the air, and you two are looking for the boy on the ground. Is the boy repeatedly leaving, uh, coming, and going? Yes, he's sometimes carrying things, sometimes not. Quite more often than not, he's carrying something. I would say that Ivers is trying to uh, follow wherever uh, Iran is flying to and uh, kind of route through the streets that way. Okay. Just follow, essentially, to try to be be somewhere in case I need to be, basically. But I don't think I'm necessarily trying to split us up further than that. Okay, that's fair. Uh I assume Gref you're going with, or did you have a... Gref is following the follower. Okay. In that case, I would like Aron to make a perception check with advantage. 13. Not fantastic. Not fantastic, no. I only have um, a plus four. As you're flying around in some sort of grid-ish pattern, trying to follow, trying to look, trying to see, and you guys are basically following him and also keeping a look around... You spot the boy again, but he's back on the docks. You didn't see where he came from. Um, you certainly didn't see where he disappeared too, but he's now back on the docks. You couldn't find him appearing in the warehouse district. He's a sneaky little fuck. Can I maintain height and or, uh, altitude? Absolutely. And just keep watching until he returns, now that I've spotted him? Sure. Uh, in that case, I will. Uh, you, I assume, you're sending this information down to your companion somehow. Um, I don't have any means of communication yet. That is on my list of things to invent. 
shoot I on a morse believe- code. You have some post-it notes. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I that you could it just into a little scroll paper airplane up and just I just drop on their heads. <laughs> you know what? Yes, let's go with that. I, it's bird droppings. Thank you. Oh my god, Rose. All right. Somehow, whether they are real, but no. Okay. All right. So you you communicate with your companions. Um, I'm going to ask you all to make a perception check, but this is the last chance you're going to have to find the boy in the warehouse. Okay. Oh boy. Just straight up perception. Straight up perception. No hanky shit, just straight up perception. Well, I got Nate. Nope. Well, Tenny, you remember that talk we had? I got an eight. Nope. Oh, man. All right, Ivaris. It's all on you yeah. guys. Twelve. Guys, don't see the boy entering or coming out of a particular warehouse. He just seems to appear at the edge of the warehouse district, somewhere thereabout. And you just see him walking boldly onto the docks. You never seem to track him back to his particular hideout. Sorry, guys. Haran flies back down to the group and goes, I can't figure out where it is he's going. The sun is beginning to set. At this point, I think the only thing we can do now is just try to set up an ambush near the docks. I can set up on a rooftop with my gun. Attack from a long distance. You two will have to find something closer, though. I may be able to talk my way on the boat again. Say I want to help a little bit more. Maybe work for some food. You think you're going to be able to convince them? Actually, no. They gave me like like a bunch of money, man. (laughs) All right. It was a dumb plan. All right, then. Uh, how f- close do you think you can stay, Griff? To me. To you? Uh, close? Uh. Well, if you're going to be on a rooftop and you're going to be working, then I'm going to have to approach him to intercept him. No, the, we're not supposed to get the kid. We're supposed to get some lady. Right. We're going to get them when they come to the boat. But couldn't the lady already be on the boat? Did you see her on the boat? You were the one that was on there. No, you no, did no. not. I'm saying no to boxy ladies. There's a good chance that they're not on there then. Okay, okay. Ivers, what are you planning on doing? You kind of stick out like a sore thumb. Oh, no shit. <laughs> I have a way that I can help you, but it has to be a loaner. You have to give it back when we're done. Alright. You have to promise me. What is it? Uh, Aran's going to reach into his bag of holding and pull out what looks like a very nicely carved uh, set of panpipes that have uh, small runic inscriptions uh, engraved into them. Are these the ones that you... These are the ones I made. Okay. Yes. This Hmm. is a gift for someone else, but I'll let you use it in the meantime. It'll let you use disguised self once per day. Uh, Ivers takes it and looks at it and... uh... 
Irish doesn't really talk about what he is or anything, but he doesn't like seem to hide what he is. And he seems to be like pretty not, he's not someone that's like ashamed or anything like that. But you would suspect that Yanti would be pretty fond of this type of thing, especially one that sticks out as much as Iris does. But he uh, looks at it, looks it over and looks at you and uh, gives you a nod and hands it back to you. You don't want it? Uh, I don't have anything to hide. It's better if I'm not caught sneaking around. She's a cleric of Savras, or was. I'm a paladin of Savras. So you want to pro- approach straight up? Well, I'm hoping that, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that there's not much resistance. All right, if you insist. Aron tucks the pans, uh, the panpipe back into his uh, bag. Gref fails at hiding, like, his eyes following the pipes into your back. Okay. What? Cool pipes. Thank you. I made them myself. Among many other things. Aron, like, looks at his left arm. It's very impressive. Takes a lot of time. A lot of work. Okay. So the three of you are setting up positions. Um, Aron, you can get, you can definitely get to a rooftop. It's it's really easy. It'll be what's the range on your weapon? Uh, first increment is one fifty. Yeah, piece of pie. Absolutely. Um, a good bunch of ivorises. Um, he's laying prone. He's doing like the whole the whole sniper position. All right, roll a <laughs> roll a sneak check. For, uh, yeah, roll a hide. All right. Sure. Fuck it. Uh, Eighteen stealth. Yep, absolutely. No one can. No, apart from the people who know you're there. No, no, sure there. Uh, Gref may not know you're there. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where did Oran go? <laughs> All right, uh, Gref, you are managing to basically move things on and off the boat. Um, you kind of blend in. Um, yeah. The gangplank is still down, waiting for their last visitors. Sort of. I'm assuming you guys are setting up for midnight-ish, right? Because that's when she's supposed to be here. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, you know, in in you know, you you're, you're managing to work on and off the boat, but they tell you, you know, you need to leave when their final piece of cargo arrives, and they make it absolutely clear this has to happen. Um, Griffiths, you're managing to hide on there. <laughs> Greff is actively like trying to back for a little bit of food. <laughs> hey, come on, come on, I helped a lot. Uh, fine, because it's. Fine. Uh, they give you some like really watered down soup that tastes like not great, but food is food. Um, Ivaris, where are you waiting? I think that where he was watching uh, all the boats and pretending to, you know, be inconspicuous is probably the best spot for him to camp out, right? And yeah, uh, resuming your nerd nerdiness. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. He, yeah. Absolutely. Night boat watching. How exciting. Hey. Well, the tide is tide is there when the tide is there, man. Um, cannot control the tides. Yet. <sighs> you are not the god of the sea. I'll okay. invent something. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> I'll invent a wave machine. Oh, It'll be boy. great in amusement parks. Yeah, you are, seriously, you're going to be like the wealthiest man by the time <laughs> this is finished. 
provided you could get someone to fund your work. All right. About just before midnight, you know, um, you heard like, you know, the half the half hour bell, a single tolling of a bell of a nearby temple going off, announcing it to be like half 11. It's just after that, you know that the midnight bells are coming. Um, Gref, you are informed that it's not long before you have to leave. Mm. And Irish, you're seeing people coming and going. I would like the three of you to please take a perception check. Who cannot see in the dark? Oh, man. I cannot. Two of you. Okay, that's fine. I just need to keep it straight in my head. Who I'm can. the only there one is, with dark vision. Is, yeah, so it's the opposite of other group. Um, so there is a lot of light around here. It's just that if things go south, then I need to know. All right. Perception? Yes, please. Oh, Mazel Tov. 15. Natural 20. Ooh. Damn. Son of a bitch. A natural 13. Oh, boy. Okay. Griff, you only notice it when everyone else notices it. <laughs> like, okay. you're probably walking on and off the boat for a while. Everyone else has already spotted the targets. Um, you see the young tabaxi boy, uh, the a dark reddish orange fur. He's wearing a you know a, a little sailor's outfit and a little little coat. Um, you see that there is a tall person striding next to them. Um, they're wearing very lo- a very long cloak that goes to the ground. Um, not really able to fight, hide the fact they have a tail, but it is covered. The cloak is mostly obscuring their face, especially in the darkness. Um, you see them approaching. It's just the two of them. The woman has her uh, her arm around the young boy. Um, and they seem to be talking very quietly to one another. Um, you can see her looking around. You can see the boy looking around. They're both being careful. Um, if it wasn't for your natural 20 and your 15, you wouldn't spot that they were anything other than people just trying to make their way to the boat. They have other purposes. In that case, they are just passing Ivaris. I will stand up and... Uh walk towards them and intercept them. Excuse me, sir. She puts her arms around the boy again and takes one step to the side. Can I get, do I get a closer look at her or is she still like super hiding? Uh, yeah, you can probably get much, much closer. You know, stand in front of her. Um, yeah, she's definitely a female tabaxi. You can see that... Uh, no, you just, you just see really just see her face. Um, she has very bright eyes. Um, she's a, a little older, um, but looking between her and the boy, they aren't cousins. He is definitely her, her, uh, her son. Hmm. I was hoping we could talk, actually. Please, sir, we'll late. I'm afraid that uh, I've got somewhere else I need you to be. She takes a step in front of the boy and you can see her beginning to move her hands and you can hear her beginning to mutter something. You can hear her, please, Severus, listen, protect my boy. And do you guys see this kind of like brief flash of pale light surrounding the boy and then disappears? Iris flashes his holy symbol again, which, goddamn, this is the most he's ever done that, ever. Twice in one day. I know. 
Wow. I'm going to wear that thing out. I know. I've never, I've never used it this much. <laughs> Please. If you follow Severus, perhaps you'll just let us go. And she's taking steps, like trying to like skirt around you so she can make it, but get her. So she is between you and the boat. Um, she's doing this oh, slowly no. as not to like raise alarm or anything. But no, yeah, he's not going to let her uh, scoot close. He he's also making it very clear what he is. He's not like hiding under his cloak or whatever. That's that's understandable. Are you with the? Uh, you with the rebellion? You see her eyes go very wide. She takes a step back. I, not part of any rebellion, no. It's just me and my son. We just want to get aboard the boat. Can I insight? Of course. It's not going to be It's good, really but... not a difficult check. The whole time this is happening, Aran has his sight aimed at this woman's ankle. Yeah, that's fine. It is a 15. She's lying. Okay. Just waiting for the signal. There was... Stop. Stop. Signal. (laughs) Do you guys have a signal? (laughs) I assume that we've been working together long enough that there's some signal where if Ivaris does something in particular, Aran's going to immediately fire. What is the signal? I will leave that up to Ivaris. Probably like two snaps, because why the hell would you snap twice ever? <laughs> no, just like kind Idiot. of like he could like hold his hand behind his back and do it real quick while he's like grabbing his weapon or something. Yeah, like to one side. Like it's, so there's a yeah, minor a auditory you. thing, you know, it, is it, it, the, is it can yeah, be, be it can thing. be something that's done stealthily. Subtly, you know? yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's okay. kind you of be also sassy, super yeah. obvious. Yeah. Okay, we'll assume that that's the ghost signal for all of you. So okay. whether it's like Gref needing to go hit something or Ivory needing to mind control something or you shooting a like, we'll assume that this is this is your this is this is uh, the this is your team's go signal. Okay, that's fine. I just want to make sure that's now, there a was thing. nothing mentioned about the boy, was there? No. Okay. We were told a cousin. Yeah. Okay. You weren't told you needed to bring the cousin right, in alive. Right, right. Just the woman. We're not here for anyone else. You're a cleric of Savras, and I'm a paladin of Savras. We both know what needs to happen here. Uh, she stands up tall. She pulls her hood back, and you can see that one of her ears are missing. And she looks at you very sternly in the eye, and she says, You shall not be taking me or my son. Paladin of Savras or not, I will not be taken by the Kino Initiative. The enemy is with them, and we will see them dust. Who is this enemy? Take a persuasion roll with disadvantage. 14. That's at Disco? Yep. That's a five on the top. Yeah. Sorry, dude. Fucking Um, nuts. She takes a step back and lifts her hand, and you can see magic beginning to weave around her fingers as she says, She is the light burner. 
and I shall not speak any more with her agents. And you see her snap her fingers and she says, Savras, help me. And you see this pair of throwing stars appear in front of her and she throws them forward and will attack Ivaris. You all can roll initiative. Okay. Damn it, she right. snapped the fingers. <laughs> I left I, I left a beat so you could shoot her in the hand and you didn't. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I well, I didn't want to interrupt the narrative. I would have no, that's I would have mind controlled her, but she had already started her action, so You guys are good. I will remember this. She was already doing a magic. That's fine. I don't have counter right. spell or anything yet, so. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's shout them out. Aron, twenty-one. All right, Griff, uh, nine. I'm gonna put that down here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Ivoris, eighteen. And this lovely young lady. Oh damn! <laughs> Natural twenty. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, Thysia gets to go uh, to the top. Um, alright. She gets her surprise round first. So, let's do that. Uh, she throws the, uh, the throwing stars forward. Um, and they slash into your chest, I hope. For a natural one. Oh man. <laughs> the first one just like shoom, like swings past your head. That just barely hits. Um, yeah, that that was her go. Like she throws them forward and they just completely like bypass you as if Savras is like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Um Alright. She grabs hold of the kid and she begins to take a few steps back. Nope, okay, she takes her steps back then. I guess, oh. I guess that's what she does. <laughs> I didn't realize I was like in range. Yeah, I mean, you're close enough to have seen her face and like do the the chatting. Because okay, I know thing, we were so. trying to like, I was trying to like stay between her and the bow. I didn't like envision us like close. Yeah, I could. Uh, could I mind control as an opportunity attack, or does it have to be a melee? No, it has to be a melee. <sighs> sorry, dude. In fact, I'm not sorry, but yeah, I wish I could help you in the situation, but I'm not going to. Oh shit! Yeah, I think he'll hold off. Okay. I mean, um, you can attack non-lethally. I know, but yeah. she has a kid in front of her. I can oh. wait like I can wait like She's... thirty seconds because I have a pretty high initiative and do my uh, charm and possibly yeah. disengage this whole thing. Yes. Yeah, so she's like grabs the kids. Are you waving up. for us not to fucking blast her in the leg? Not really. I, I don't know no. I'm about to blast her in the leg. I've, ki- I've picked up this kid and she's now backing away, seeing that she now has the opportunity. It's now her go. So she's effectively disengaged. So she's going to run as her movement. She's going to dash as her action. And she is going to move the uh, the throwing stars to attack you again. All right. God damn it. She's getting oh, that's much better. 26 versus your armor class. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, so these shurikens just basically pommel into your shoulders. Oh my god, Savras doesn't want to hurt you. Uh, <laughs> 2d8 plus 5 and you get 7. Um, <laughs> yeah. You take 7 points of damage as these like throwing stars are basically cut into your shoulder almost equally like on either side. They just brush you. Owie. Ow. 
Um, that's her go. Yeah. All right, it is now um, Aron. Has there been a signal of do not shoot? Not really. Uh, he doesn't care. If you've got a shot, you can take it. But uh, all right. he's you not at an these... angle that he wants yeah. to like pull a sword out. He wants to do something else. So that's on him. He, you know, you can do whatever. Yeah, I'm going to say because you, uh, you're hidden. So I'm going to say it's attack with advantage. Um, all right. We can go with that. Um, so since the element of surprise and ambush is out the window, uh, Aran is going to flip a switch on his gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, activating Thundermonger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I imagine he flips a switch and there's like one of those like like charging ups of power. Mm-hmm. And he's going to fire at her uh, ankle. Cool. Take the shot. Uh, 21 to hit. <laughs> yes. Uh, for 14 piercing damage and one thunder damage. Okay. Uh. I'm going to say because you are specifically aiming at her ankle. Uh, you don't break her ankle. You don't do anything fancy like that, but I'm going to say it cancels out her dash. So she's only like, let's say she's carrying a child. Her range will be limited. Let's say she's like 20 feet from Ivers. There you go. Cool. Um, and then as a bonus action, I'm going to uh, mutter some arcane words and cast Shield of Faith on uh, Ivorus. I'll say you're in range, yeah. Uh, it's a 60 foot range. I don't know. Yep. Uh, she passes a concentration check. Gotcha. Alright, so Ivorus, you have a plus two AC bonus. Cool, thanks. Nice. Sweet. Uh, your go over? That's my turn. Yep, your position has well and truly <laughs> been given up. Uh, okay, uh, Ivaris. All right, Ivaris is going to uh, use his suggestion ability. <gasps> All right, click the click the thingy so we can read it. But what the fuck it is? Oh, you bitch! The range is 30, sec- 30 feet, so it makes it super cool that Aron managed to slow her down to keep her within range. Damn it! <laughs> I thought I was being kind. Fuck. It just kind of makes Ivaris this like overly cool guy. He's just standing there. Shuriken's throwing, throwing <laughs> flying at him. He doesn't even move. Person starts running and then like, yeah, All right. no. So she needs to make a wisdom save. What is your DC? 15. She beats it. Fuck. Uh, I don't think there's anything else I can do. Let me see. You could try and rugby tackle her and the child to the ground. <laughs> um, that, that wouldn't count as an action. Yes, it would. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it completely would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's anything I could do. I could, uh, I'm going to chase him down though. Okay. You close the distance. Yeah. Um. Okay, Greth. All right. You said a very fun word earlier. Gangplank. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, can we say that the tide is in, meaning that the boats are high? Yes. All right, Gref's going to run over to the gangplank, and he's going to try to throw it off. So it's borderline, uh, very hard to get on the boat. Oh, you want to stop him from getting on the boat? Yeah, basically, Gref's basically going to just lift the gangplank. If people are climbing it, they would just kind of fall back. <laughs> and then he's just going to tilt it to the left so it falls between the dock and the boat. Nice. <laughs> you stuck on the boat. Clever. Look at you using your brain With muscle. With you stuck on the boat. Okay. I love it. 
I assume there's going to be some sort of Hulk smash like power land soon. So, all right. Three point landing. Take a take a strength check for me. All right. It's not particularly heavy, but I'm going to say that there is someone on it, and they're like, "Well, well Griff, Griff, what are you doing? No, Griff, no." <laughs> Uh, can I try to intimidate them off first to like like I'll say yes I'll say yes yeah go on get the fuck off the thing I got things to do that's a oh crap that's an imitation they just like walk up like Griff what are you doing Griff put down the plank (laughs) and then just Griff smash let's roll that strength (laughs) guy didn't listen to Griff's warning Griff uh, rolls a 19 on the strength check all right, uh, the man does not listen to Gref. The gre- uh, like uh, Gref. <laughs> Gref happens. Uh, this guy goes like falling into the drink. The uh, the gangplank falling down after you like. Ah! Um, all right, you've you've uh, yeah. The the boat is high in the water. The gangplank is in the drink. Um, congratulations, you think you've stopped her from getting on the boat. Good job. Um, all right, what would you like to do with your move? Uh, yeah, I should probably join them. Craft's uh, <laughs> gonna. How high are we? To, uh, whatever, I'll take whatever falling damage you throw at me. Um, I don't know how high this ship would be. I'm not a nautical person. You've done ships. Um, you can like on a good high tide on a good boat, you can go upwards of two meters, uh, like up. But this seems to be kind of old schooly, so yeah. Like, maybe... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Should we say 15 fit? And then you have to take at least 1d6 falling damage. I'm happy with that. Oh, okay, go for it. Griff's uh, gonna jump off the boat and... Uh, Acrobatics, please. Oh, yeah, that's what you're asking. If you miss, you will fall in the water. No! Yeah. Well, I got a 14. Wilhelm scream. Ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Is that Wilhelm scream? <laughs> you land on the dock and you take... Fucking god. One point of <laughs> bludgeoning damage. You guys are fucking blessed. I hate you all. Alright. Uh, you are now on the dock. Um, uh, you see. Say, no, you go for it. Then I'm going to say that, like, landing, I kind of roll to uh, mediate the damage. Mm-hmm. And once I'm standing up straight, I actually have both my long swords out. I'll allow it. It looks uh, cool. You just kick off this gangplank, you jump out, roll and come up with two long swords in your hand. You look quite intimidating in front of this woman who's trying to run away from Ivaris. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, now top of the round. It is now Thysia. Uh, she sees the horrificness in front of her. She can't move the weapon far enough. All right, the weapon is is nowhere near. Uh, she can't get it close enough to hit you. Okay, uh, she... Yeah, all she can do is uh, move the weapons so they are in her melee range. Um, almost in her melee range, not quite. Um, which means they're in melee range of Ivoris again. Uh, can she do anything else? Because she can't move her hands. Oh, yeah, because she holding the kid. Yeah. So she can't do the semantic, uh, yes, semantic part. She is uh, currently holding a child. Um, no, there is there is nothing she can do. She can't cast any spells unless she lets go of the kid. She's not letting go of the kid. Um, okay, she just has these weapons around her. Um, 
that's it because she's moved them as a bonus action so she can't hold the action of attacking so there we go it's it's her go um she uh she looks terrified she like she's running towards gref and gref just like power lands here with two swords out she's like ah, being attacked by yunti she's more like ah, and has been shot in the ankle by some asshole and she's like ah um okay uh Ron. um on a scale of one to ten how injured is she she's injured like injured enough that if I shoot her again, she's probably gonna kick the bucket. Take a take a medicine check. Eleven. You don't know. See, that's the problem is because range weapons you can't really do non-lethal. Yeah, you can. You can aim a weapon to not shoot them in the heart. <laughs> You can do, like you did, shoot her in the ankle, shoot her in the thigh, shoot her in the knee. (laughs) If you are willing to hand wave that, I will take it then. I I genuinely do. Lieutenant Dan lost both his legs and he lived. (laughs) You can shoot her legs clean off. Neil. It's true, that is true. I love you so much. I am so happy with that reference. (laughs) (laughs) Lieutenant Dan. (laughs) Ice cream. Ice cream. Stop it. Carry on. Next. All right. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm happy to hand wave the non-lethal damage on that. Okay. Uh, in that case, then uh, I imagine it's got like that 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 slide pump action sort of thing on the gun. So Aran has to reload, uh, aim, and he's gonna fire at the other ankle. Okay, go for it. Uh, no surprise, so no advantage. Nope. That's a nat one. Your gun jams. Fuck. It would take a bonus next time around just to clear it, and then you can shoot again. Um, I have I have a bonus action this turn. Sure. So you I'll can clear it now. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'll spend the rest of my turn then fucking like like <laughs> Iris. You're probably just close enough that you hear Ron like on the roof. You hear like a god fucking damn it piece of. I hope I hope that's okay. But I'm gonna establish that as because you've made this stuff. And artifice is like way too fucking powerful. I I think that's a fair. If I roll in that one, I can understand it jamming. Yeah, yeah. I think it should be a bonus to clear it. So we established that now. That's our rules. Anyone else have a problem with it? You don't. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah, I'll just clear it then. Okay. I assume you're not moving. Uh, no, I'm staying prone. Good plan. All right. Uh, it's now Ivoris. Oh man. All right. I'm gonna stab her. <laughs> Non-lethally. Non-lethally, not hitting the child. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Where are you aiming to stab her non-lethally? <laughs> um in the thigh. Go, go for the thigh. Uh I'm not gonna stab. His rapier's got like a, you know, a sharp blade on it. He can do a slash if you want. Yeah, you can slash. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Because uh, I don't want to stab through and hit her kid. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to uh, slash uh, across her lower back. Okay, perfect. Ba-doop. Oh, man. 14. That hits. Oh, shit. Uh, 10 damage. You slash the back of her and you see the material just like cut through, through the cloak, through whatever clothing it is she's wearing underneath and she's just wearing cloth. And you see this like, as you pull it across, you see like a nice flick of blood at the end of your rapier as you kind of like slash across her and you hear her kind of like, ah, that's kind of extended. it. I need to roll a check. She's not down yet? Nope. She's looking rough. Yeah, I'll smite her. 
She also lost concentration. You see a slight flickering going out on the kid. That was a pretty low on 2d8s. That was pretty low on 2d8s. All right, so doing the mighty four damage, it's almost as if Sabras is kind of protecting her too, but you do feel this kind of like jolt of understanding, like passing through your arm, um, through your weapon and slashing at her back. You see like uh, everyone else in the area, you see this small flash as uh, as Sabras bends down and just like slaps the back of her head. Um, it's the equivalent of what he's done. Okay, she's not down, but she's looking unhappy. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to do? Uh, no, I think that that's, uh, nope. All right, Gref. Uh, Gref basically just, uh, yeah, I think he's just charging up the, the dock at the woman. Mm-hmm. Is nobody off from the boat or any of the people that weren't already on the boat intercepting this? No one seems to be paying much heed. There are people looking over from the boat. And they seem like waving fists and like scrambling around to try and get weaponry to shoot at you guys. But um, the fact you threw their gangplank off kind of really threw their plans. And none of them are dumb enough to jump off the boat. Um, yeah, yeah. And then you're within stabbing range of Gref. And that's yes. Just- yeah, that's 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 n- no. Um, so you've made, I'm going to say that your movement, you can get to the girl and Ivoris and right. the weapons. Uh, basically, Gref just does a, does a, like a, a spinning move, and then just on, with the blunt side of his blade, he's just gonna slam it into the woman, both blades. Where she's holding a child in front of her chest, protectively. Okay, well, is she moving the child to intercept the blade? No. Then I'm hitting her. <laughs> no. With the, like chest hand area. Chest hand area. Okay, I think we're gonna do that. You're more likely to hit her in the shoulder and the throat than the child. The child is held against their chest, yeah. I have two weapons and I'm attacking with both of them. Uh, first with my kind of rusty old looking longsword, I get a 20 to hit and 14 non-lethal. Uh, yeah, you just like smash her in the side of the head. Um, she looks super not good. Like, ah, uh, like you can see you've stunned her. Next hit. And, and with the following up hit, I got a 18 to hit. This is with your fancy cool sword. Yeah. All right, this one, seeing that you have the advantage, you just kind of like whack her on the head with it. Um, just like straight on the top, like, no, bam. Um, You see her collapse to the ground. Uh, the child falls underneath her and you can hear him like beginning to like mew and cry. Uh, the can woman I, is unconscious. Can I, like, how small is the child? Are we talking like, uh, uh, like waist high? Yeah, let's say waist high. All right, Graf, real quick, like grabs the kid and just pulls him away from the woman. You have your hands filled with long swords, my sir. I dropped the rusty one. I'm just mo- I'm moving this unknown variable away from my money. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! What he actually sees is just like a bag of money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. I'm gonna say yes because we don't like to harm children. All right. Pick up and remove the child. The fight is over. The woman is unconscious. Mama. No, it's your cousin. Looks <laughs> up at you like no it's mama and you can see like their big like cat eyes filling with tears oh my god alright quit it Um, I'm gonna tie her up with the rope that I surely have because I'm finally playing a character that's an adventurer yes 
<laughs> the brave adventurers. Well prepared, if oh, not well. over prepared. Okay, yes. Um, so the yeah. The brave adventurers and Gref. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Gref's like leaning over, making sure he actually hit a tabaxi and that this is the right person. <laughs> oh my God. It's definitely the right person. Yes, you can tie this person up. All right. I tie her up and then I am going to use a handkerchief that I surely have because I'm fancy and uh, put it around her mouth so that she can't fucking talk. And then uh, yep, I'm going to say to Gref, all right, uh, pick her up. We got to get her out of here. Right, you can take a kid then. And I shove the kid like in your direction. Oh, sh- and I shit. lift the woman over my shoulder. And I start walking. Okay, somebody grab my sword. I, I, I got my sword. I got this. I got this. Oh, I almost dropped the woman. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What are you doing with the child, Ivaris? God. Uh, Ivaris kind of takes a knee in front of the kid. A kid. Hey. Man. <laughs> What do you, what do you want to do? You, uh, you can come with us if you want. The kid like, and just nods and like takes your hand. You can also get on that boat though. What are you doing with mama? There's people that would just like to ask a few questions. And then we can go? Uh, How would Ivers know that this process usually works? They wouldn't be let go. They're part of the assembly. Yeah. As long as you don't tell them you're a part of that assembly, you're fine. But you got to tell them what they need to know. Take a persuasion roll for me. Fourteen. Okay, cool. Iris is kind of weirded out that the kid like is there and takes the <laughs> kid and it's uh, very awkwardly walking back. And uh, right. he's like, if you're smart, you'll say the right things. You see the kid like wiping a tear from his eye and just nodding. Um, all right, the three of you plus Tabaxi are making your way back to the mine? Yeah, Aron's going to be flying in the air as a, like a rear guard. He's going to have his gun out and keeping sure that we're not being followed. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. That's absolutely fine. Uh, Gref, this woman is fairly light in comparison to, well, the boxes you've been moving all day, so it's just, it's absolutely nothing. Like, you don't mm. really care. Um, you guys make your way back. It's probably little after midnight, um, by the time you arrive, um, Adnalov has everything set up. Uh, she has the cells for you to put them in. She raises a questioning eyebrow at the child and then opens the cage more and lets the child go in and be with the mother. Um, and, you know, she leads you back to the main chamber and she says, well, uh, thank you very much for returning them. It's a huge weight off of my mind. Um we don't know anything about the kid. No, I thought it was a cousin. At least that was the information we got in any way, but... Uh, 
someone's going to get fired over that. It's not going to be me, darlings. Okay. Well, here is the gold I promised you. And she gives you all 200 gold each. Um, Aron, do you have a standing arrangement with... Uh, love to not receive all your pay and instead refurbish things in your workshop? Uh... Probably. I have a list of... Th- I kid you not, I have a sheet of paper right next to me. Mm-hmm. And the whole time we've been recording, um, it's called Invention Ideas for Iran. Okay. And I've been writing <laughs> shit that I want to make. Make a percentage and then we'll assume that the rest of it goes to buying materials and the percentage stays in your bag. I just need to know what that is. Um, let's go with 50-50. Okay. Because I can it. always use the other 50% to fund whatever I, uh, I need otherwise. Yep. Um, so I get 100 gold. Yeah. Uh, this way we don't have first. to do... We're doing it this way so we don't have to do the awkward let's go buy really expensive components bullshit because I will cry. Right. All right. Yeah. That's li- literally just for that reason. I can't I can't be doing with it. Uh, 50 cents to... You guys get paid. A few weeks pass. A few more weeks pass. You don't get any new jobs coming in. You don't get anything spectacular come up. Ivaris's backstory happens three days before the day we're about to hit. And it's that day. We meta-wise know what day this is, but this is the day. The three of you are arriving here um, back to the mine for whatever reason. Maybe you've done some other jobs, maybe not. Maybe Adnalov is calling you in. Adnalov is calling you in. She meets you at the mine entrance. She has a very worried and concerned look on her face and she keeps looking up and looking around and she just seems to be waiting for something. The clouds are dark, the sky is dark and she seems to be expecting or waiting for the rain to happen and she doesn't lead you inside, she just stands there and waits. She hasn't really acknowledged that you've arrived, not even you, Ron, to whom she is always mostly pleasant. Graf is kind of just silently looking between people like, okay. Lovely weather we're having. Yes. Something's off. Do you feel it? Yeah, we haven't gotten a job in like three weeks. At this point, you see her just close her eyes and just, she might be worried, but this dumb, obvious statement just, Makes a smile and she opens her eyes and she looks down, uh, looks, looks, sorry, looks up at uh, Graf and she's like, yes, well, at least you can rely on some people for uh, the small things in life, I guess. Well, uh, perhaps we, and as she says that, Ivaris, you feel an odd, oh, yes, by the way, chaps. When you meet up again, this is the first time you see that Ivaris has an eye patch and a really deep scar across his throat, as if a uh, fresh cut-ish. A couple of days old, maybe. Hmm. Yes, sorry, I forgot to mention that. Just Ivaris, as she is beginning to say these and perhaps lead you inside, like perhaps shaking off whatever odd feeling she had, beneath the eye patch, you f- feel heat. 
it feels hot. It becomes uncomfortably hot, like something is burning. What do you want to do? Well, um, fuck. Uh, Ivorus quickly looks kind of uh weirded out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and quickly takes that out. Uh, looking at it very <laughs> as confused. you reach up for the eye patch, remove it so you can remove. Would you like to tell everyone what is now in the eye socket? Uh, he has a small basic uh, bobble, a trinket of Savras. It's a, a crystal ball, basically a miniature crystal ball, which is the symbol of Savras, uh, with a bunch of, what What did we decide on? I there are basically like cool. little floaty eyes inside. Not like, yeah. it's an eyeball. It's like that kind of like in the mist, you see eyes, that sort of thing. Right. As you lift your eye patch to reach for your eye, Aron, Gref, and Adnilov cannot help but notice that inside this glass eye, the eyes are bright red. They are bouncing around. They can see the the glass which is contained in it is bright red. They can see that heat. And as he goes to reach for it, you can see that the flesh around it is beginning to sizzle. It's beginning to fuse with the glass orb which is currently in there. I need all of you to make a constitution saving throw. Ivorish, you're at disadvantage. Okay. <coughs> Fuck um, my life. I feel like I'm playing role. I've got about the same con save. <laughs> Do you never learn? <laughs> and he doesn't pass him ever either. It's four. <laughs> I, I got a, um, I got a 14. I forgot to, I have proficiency. And I got a six. Everyone below an 18. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shoot. That close. How'd Adnolov do? She failed too. Oh no. As, as you see this flesh beginning to meld with this glass eye, this eye that's going bright red, you all get knocked to the ground by a huge explosion as if it comes came from the skies itself, rushed down and hits Ivorus, he is the centre, the epicentre of this blast wave that comes out and you all get knocked to the ground. You all, including Ivorus, get knocked unconscious. Oh. And Ivorus, you see the following. You see three people. They're together. They're flying through this darkness lit by the twinkling lights of various existences. These three essences, these three people are coalescing and they're creating a pale yellow glow. And there is a huge dark presence behind them, larger than anything that you can conceive of, larger than anything even Savras can comprehend. And it's chasing them. It's chasing them towards a larger being in front of them. The larger being in front of them is actually comprised of three lights, pale blue, bright purple, dark green. And this pale yellow new entity takes its place amongst them and as you begin to follow them in as you see this darkness beginning to spread out around these glows you're all brought back to where you are up above in the sky as the sun is setting and everything goes kind of purpley skies you see looking up from the ground 
blood-red clouds boiling across the sky. You hear the sound of thunder. You feel wet falling on your faces. And that's what is bringing you to, this blood dripping on your face. And the blood falling on your face is what wakes you up, this wetness, and you find yourself lying on the ground, your body's battered in a heap. And you may be blacked out for one, maybe two seconds, but everything around you is chaos. And you can feel the earth shake. And you hear screams coming from inside the mine. You can hear the screams coming from the city itself, from everywhere, from inside your head. And especially inside your head, Ivoris. And you hear the voice you've only heard once. You hear Savras say, Ah, so it's begun for you then. Goodbye, my child. And then you hear a god scream his last breath. Well, shit. That's just great. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, special thanks to all of our patrons for your support. Means a lot. It, uh, means that we get to go on these adventures. So, uh, special thanks to all of the patrons for that. Special thanks to Bezo for the name is Zed. I'm sure I pronounced those things wrong. Sorry about that. And uh, Thirsty for the name Adnilov. And thanks to Ian Grover for voicing Barakas in uh, this campaign here. As we expanded our Patreon, we wanted to do something special for uh, those generous folks who uh, help us keep this project uh, expanding. Uh, man, this, like, ass thing is the worst. <laughs> Fuck. We're going to continue to expand on the things that we do for the patrons. To those of you who are crazy enough to have early access to this, thank you so much. Getting these episodes ready was quite a challenge, but we're glad to have finally started on them. And uh, we're uh, excited. So we really hope you enjoy these. As you can tell, I'm quite enjoying the uh, journey to find Ivers's character voice. Still haven't found it yet. Gonna find it. Working on it. You can find us online at uh, TLDPod on Twitter. Uh, you can email us at the lucky die podcast at gmail.com and if you too would like to become a patreon and help us out in making these shows uh, you can find our patreon at patreon.com slash tld pod and uh thank you so much to those of you who are helping us out we hope that all of you have a wonderful and safe 2019 we'll see you next time
Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Ever since I was born, I could hear the spirits of the other world. Where old stories take on a new life. If you break even one of these conditions, the consequence is death. And the world is teeming with possibilities. It's midnight, girls! They're here! Get ready to change! Well, for the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz! Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with as you've never heard them before. You are no more than a demon! Okay, Gown. Let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales.